0: Teaching Tax Flow Podcast, where the goal is to empower and educate you to legally
1: and ethically minimize taxes paid over your lifetime. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Teaching Tax Flow Podcast. On today, episode 53, we're gonna take a dive into understanding some federal tax energy credits. But before we do that, as always, let's take a moment and thank our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Legacy Lock. If you are new to estate planning or simply need to review your current plan, Legacy Lock makes it as easy as pie. Legacy Lock is a unique platform that enables you to easily complete your attorney-drafted documents conveniently from the comfort of your home or office. Your first step to this peace of mind is simply visiting teachingtaxflow.com legacy. Great topic we're going to talk about today Some something that I have a very large personal interest in. Had to force Chris a little bit to do it because there's a lot of detail in it. So before he punches me in the throat, Chris, how's it going, man? How are you today? It is going well. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. We're about to talk one of my favorite topics, not just on the tax part, but on everything else. We're going to talk about home energy tax credits. So what exactly that means, we're going to dive into a little bit. Um, Obviously, we're going to talk about the benefits with it. There are a lot of details. We're not going to get too far into the weeds on that. We're going to give you some links, some resources you can dive into on your own time, whatever you enjoy relaxing. Here, we're going to add to it, Let's give you something to read. So Chris, give us give us kind of a kickoff, right? When in the eyes of the IRS, what in the world do they consider as a home energy tax credit? Like, What are they enticing us as
0: US-based taxpayers to do? Well, first of all, as I said, it's a pleasure to be back. Excited to talk about the subject, despite your your thoughts. We're actually, both of us are in the middle of some significant home improvements to our primary residences. And uh, so this is a factor. Um, there have been energy efficient home improvements for a long, long time. Typically, they've been extremely limited. But with, we, we talk about, let's take a step back. We talk about one of the three laws of teaching tax flow is that the the tax agencies are your involuntary business partner. The IRS is your biggest business partner. We're going to talk about these tax credits in from the light of a federal tax credit. Different states have different credits and rebates, but this is a federal tax credit discussion. And with the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, what happened is there was a large expansion of tax credits uh, of the, available to... Um, People that make improvements to their primary residence. We're going to define primary residence, which seems very logical, but it can get a little tricky. Um, so actually let's just start off with that. Let's ta- start off with what is a primary residence, right? See well, a primary residence IRS set sa- says is a a home that, that you live in. And, and so basically your primary residence, your principal residence, or a second residence. That is not rented out. So let's say you have a a home in Michigan uh, about November. You start shivering too much, and you have a home in Florida, and you're a snowbird. And you don't rent out that home in Florida. It's not a rental property. It's just a second residence. could be a cottage. It could could, could be whatever. Um, Improvements to that residence would be eligible. Interesting wrinkle on this as well. Now, I don't know how common this would be, but the credits available for non homeowners So if you're renting a property, let's say you're renting a home, let's say you're going to know you're going to be there for 10, 15 years, and you want to make an energy-efficient home improvement, you could be eligible for that credit even without um, being the owner of the home. Now, i a landlord, love to see that lease agreement. Rent. Can I'm you sorry? imagine what those lease agreements look like? If
1: somebody's like, hey, I'm going to rent you this house, but me as the landlord, I'm not going to take care of it at all. So that's- that's on you, renter, but some people, right? Like, I mean, me, me and my wife lived in a home in, in Charleston, South Carolina, right? I mean, this, this home was built in the 1700s. So naturally not, I mean, we didn't do energy efficiency improvements, but little stuff we did do ourselves in there. Not that there was anything wrong with it. We just wanted to change it, right? So not that I've ever seen this from a landlord side of things, but I've never had anybody that read it from us want to go improve the uh, insulation, we should
0: say. In the home, so that would be interesting. Well, it does provide you with some potential tax planning opportunities from the landlord perspective. But Mm -hmm. let's. uh, So anyway, that's that's what a. Those are the properties that are eligible. There are two tax credits available. One is is really uh, sexy for like a better term. One is okay, Uh, but they both will help you out now. The first one, let's talk about the one that's going to apply to almost everybody based on that Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 that does home improvements. That one is called the Energy Efficient Home Improvement Credit. As I said, homeowners that improve their primary residence will have the opportunities to take a credit for 30% of certain qualified expenses. And that is effective January 1st here in 2023. And uh, it goes on for about 10 years. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty, go, go, goes through 2033. So that's, so you get a 30% credit for certain qualified expenses. Now, before we get our feathers ruffled too much and get too excited, there's a limit to this, all right? The limit per year of credit is $1,200. And then there's certain special improvements that qualify for a separate $2,000 per year maximum. So in general, think about for most people, the limit's gonna be $1,200 credit. So 12, So, if you spent $10,000, 30% of $10,000 is $3,000. Well, you your credit's not 3,000, it's 1,200, assuming you put your money into certain expenditures. So $1,200 max credit, for certain energy-efficient home improvements, there's a second separate limit for $2,000 for other types of improvements. And actually, Chris, too, there
1: it, it gets kind of interesting, right? So we, kind of on a personal side, so my primary residence is in Michigan, so naturally it gets cold, right? Our house was built in the mid-1800s, not very energy efficient. And a shout out to the 1.1, 1.2 million members of another Facebook group. I believe it's Our Old House on there. Um, if anybody has an old house, check that one out. You will learn a ton, I promise. Um, but why I want to mention that group is if anybody has an older home specifically, y- you have to understand exactly what Chris said there, right? Like you have maximums. And anybody who's ever done work on an old home realizes that that maximum is never, let's put it, um, realistically affordable, I think is a way, right? So- uh, yes, you get a credit. However, what would normally be a $1,500 job, say, at a home that was built in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, is now a $10,000, $30,000 job on an old home because there's a lot that goes into it. So, Chris, I appreciate you kind of basically chunking out and describing where those maxes line up. But then also, as you mentioned, and I think we talked a little bit before the show as well, is when it comes to planning, right? So don't do everything in one year plan it out. If it's not absolutely necessary to do everything in one year, do it over the course of a couple of years. So, and I know there's, there's some identifying, or I should say specific um, improvements, right? So energy efficiency, I yeah. we think insulation, et cetera, doors, windows.
0: Well, the, the, the good part about this is there's no lifetime limit to the energy efficient home improvement credit. It, you could in theory get a $1,200 credit, every year for the next 11 years, if you had qualifying expenses. Again, we always say don't let the tax tail wag the dog where the previous credit was maxed out. So let's talk about what meets the requirements. Now, the details are gonna be on energy.gov, but in general, the expenses that are gonna qualify for the Energy Efficient Home Improvement Credit are exterior doors, windows, skylights, and insulation materials, central air conditioners, water heaters, furnaces, boilers, and heat pumps, biomass stoves and boilers, in home energy audits. That's a new one. So that means that if you have someone come out to your property and do an audit of your property to determine if you should even, you know, what, would, what needs work, um, you can get a credit just for someone out coming up, coming and doing that audit. Now there are, so what you have to think about is for those expenses, 30% of those expenses are eligible for a credit. Then we look at okay, what are some of the limitations? So there's, like I said, there's that $1,200 limitation. And within that $1,200 credit limitation, there are sub limitations. So, for instance, energy efficient air conditioners, efficient heat, heating equipment, those, the credit available for those two is up to $600 of the $1,200. Um, water heating equipment is up another up to $600. Electric panels, circuit upgrades for new electrical equipment, up to $600. Windows, including skylights, up to $600. That energy home energy audit, it's 30% of the cost up to $150. So if someone came into your house and charged you $1,000 for the home energy audit, 30% of that would be available for credit, 300 bucks. But the limit for that audit is $150. So you just be weary and in, in, in I mean, this is very generous because what with like I said, with the government being your involuntary business partner, they want us to be more energy efficient. They're encouraging consumers to make these improvements to their home. Just be cognizant that there are limitations out there. So the $1,200 limitation is is per year and um, it's really pertains to almost all of those type of improvements. There are a couple improvements that are that are part of a $2,000 per year credit. So it's still 30%. So 30% of the cost up to $2,000 per year. Those are able to be heat pumps, heat pump, water heaters, and biomass stoves. Previously, it was only $300. So if, John, if you spent Let's, let's make an example. You spend $10,000 on heat pumps and heat pump water heaters. 30% of that's $3,000. Your max credit for that category is 2000 And then you also have that other $1,200 category with those subcategories. So the maximum for this credit, the energy efficient home improvement credit is $3,200 if you went crazy. And that's an IRS credit, a federal, basically a federal credit.
1: So that's completely separated from anything that I believe pretty much every municipality, you know, city, township, et cetera, a lot of utility has their own. Basically, those are rebates. Those are credits. And a lot of them, looking at the list when we did earlier, a lot of them follow the same, not criteria, but a lot of the same actions, right? Like if you replace doors, windows, heat pumps, there's a lot of credits out there for that too. So it's, from my understanding of it, which I believe is the case, there is no correlation between the two of them, nor if you take one, you can't get the other one. So totally separate. So if somebody sees one of them, the opportunity is likely there on, on both
0: sides of the fence. Correct. And remember, the energy-efficient home improvement credit is non-refundable, which, is, which isn't good. That means that if, if you have a credit of $1,200, but you only pay $800 of federal tax you only get $800 worth of credit, the other $400 goes away. So it comes down to that tax planning. And honestly, if people are in that situation where they're only paying $1,000, $2,000 worth the tax, that means their income isn't very high. So these credits could be extremely valuable to them and the proper planning is important. I, you know, What we see is, and especially in the Defeating Taxes Facebook group, unfortunately, we've had people say, well, I had this window guy come to the house and And he told me that there's a 30% credit for every dollar I put in. And you know what? That's kind of correct. But what's not correct is that if you spent $10,000 on windows, the maximum credit you're going to get is only $600, Mm -hmm. not $3,000. Because the windows, including the skylights, is a $600 max credit. Um, Exterior doors are a little different. So the point is, hey, Great. Do some energy efficient home improvements. I would start maybe by having that home energy audit. Have someone come out and kind of break down and and look at what's going to qualify. We have a lot of uh, inspectors coming out doing these home energy audits, or general contractors that are that you know that really it's a lead generation for them. So that's the home, I'm rather that's the energy efficient home improvement. Now we could jump in for a few minutes into the really sexy credit. But go ahead, John. I think I cut you off, which wasn't no, wasn't. No, no, no. No, you're good. You're good.
1: I can I can talk on it, at least from a, a construction background a lot. I mean, I could talk on the energy efficient side, really any of any of it from like a homeowner standpoint for all for a long time, right? So that's and one thing, Chris, too, that I, I really appreciate you diving into and kind of explaining for everybody too is that as a homeowner, you really do need to arm yourselves with almost the the charts that are out there on your caps within each category. Because if you do hire out and, and I can speak from this firsthand, right? Like we had um, an insulation job we did on a primary residence. So sometimes you might get a, a quote, and this is nothing against any industry, any sales guys at all, just again, kind of explaining to our audience, you might get a quote from a, a contractor for say $10,000 for insulation, but really they show you a bottom line price of, say 8,500 bucks. Well, they're, they're making the assumption that you haven't taken advantage of any other um, credits that are out there for this. So they're kind of using that as part of their sales process, saying, hey, it's only going to cost you this, which if you've already capped everything out in the year, um, you actually don't get any of that. <laughs> so because you may have taken advantage of it in the same category, just not for the same job, if that makes sense. So just something to be aware of. Just arm
0: yourself with that information and it's all out there. Um, I meant so, can drop some well, resources in qualifying property, qualifying expenses, and then the b- buckets that they go into, and those those maximums. Now that all took effect in January, that credit January first, twenty twenty three, the energy efficient home improvement credit. Let's talk about the residential clean air credit, clean energy credit. I've run into a couple of bad actors out there and the, is selling the selling solar and such a et cetera et cetera. But let's talk about this. This. Um, still part of the Inflation Reduction Act, and actually, it came into play in twenty for twenty of the twenty twenty two year uh, most of it, and it allows you a thirty percent credit for energy infe- ev- and energy improvements to your main home, including solar, wind, geothermal, fuel cells, or battery storage. Battery storage technology came into play in twenty twenty three are eligible potentially for this residential clean energy credit. That credit is also 30% of new qualified clean energy property. So new qualified clean energy property. I'm going to run through what the clean energy uh, equipment is that's eligible. But remember new, right? So don't buy a swap meet Louie. That's a rare, <laughs> that's a, that's a strong, uh that's an odd song that, but anyway, don't, we, don't buy some swap meet solar panel and think you're getting a credit. So solar, energi- solar electric panels, solar water heaters, wind turbines, geothermal heat pumps, fuel, fuel cells, and battery storage technology. Those are all potentially eligible for a 30% credit. So John, obviously I'm in the state of Tennessee, so geothermal heat pumps aren't that popular when you're pounding through rock. Right but in Michigan, where you're at, there are, especially with the change in temperature, there are a decent amount of people that have invested in, in our geothermal heat pump. Give you, you're the one that usually puts me on the spot. So I'll put you on the spot. Uh oh. Here we go. This doesn't happen often for everybody who's listening. So now I'm nervous. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you think the cost of a, of putting geothermal, a new geothermal heat pump and installation into a property that's, let's say, you know, 2,000 square foot property in Michigan? Ooh, that's actually a a really good question. Um,
1: One that I really don't know the answer to exactly, but I could definitely say it's significant higher than a traditional system. And I'd also add, you know, as a caveat to, different than exactly what we're talking about here, but geothermal up here in Michigan is really taken off in um, commercial spaces, which again, is not related to this credit at all, but it is something that, is gaining a lot of traction, or should I say getting a lot of heat in a good way. Um, right. But yes, as far as for new, it, it's not something that you would retrofit an old home with. This is more of a new construction
0: opportunity. Right. Well, let's say someone has a newer home and it's $20,000, which would be mm-hmm. very, could could be, it could, I would actually expect it could be more, but let's say it's $20,000, okay? The credit's $6,000. 30% of the 20, and um, so you get a $6,000 credit. It's, it's There's no maximum, so you can take that credit. Now, here's a really cool part about this. It is refundable. So let's say your tax for the year, your federal tax is only $4,000. You wipe out all of your federal tax, and the extra $2,000 credit rolls forward on your next tax return. So, so somebody somebody's at- done a really
1: good job of tax planning, they owe minimal in taxes, and then this becomes really a, an, an execution point, or should say an action, of planning for the year prior. So you've not only planned to decrease your tax liability in, say, 23, or 22, or
0: 23, but now you have a carryover, correct? Right, 24. and you could... It's really nice because you could you could pair this with a year that you're going to have a large taxable income piece. So let's say you you had a severance package and you've been wanting to do something like this for a long time. That's something to consider. So the credit's not lost. It's carried forward. But this is why we talk about you know, whenever I hear that term easy tax turn, I roll my eyes because there are so many things when you and when tax preparation, that you have to be aware of e and in the first step is looking at the prior year tax return what if there are rollovers of energy credits now they they that, that you that get lost that get dropped because you change tax software you change tax preparers so i know that's another issue we've talked about that on the podcast but um and i know christy there is so as far
1: as for equipment goes on this there would be, and obviously if somebody were to invest, because it is a significant investment, say in solar, there there's different components to it. So we had a, and, and Chris, I mean, this is, everybody knows that I've known this guy for over two decades. I mean, we had solar on our house in South Carolina and that was 10 years ago. So obviously time has changed where now you start to see different equipment, which if I remember right, part of this is you almost have it potentially broken into two buckets. So although it's under the same credit, you have the actual equipment of the physical solar panels themselves, which I believe go back to, was it retroactive to 22, if I remember correctly, but the battery storage is 23 only and beyond. So say you've had it installed in 22, the battery storage does not count towards that. And the battery storage... From my understanding is like a tesla power wall i think is one right. example basically a battery backup replacing the need for an internal combustion engine generator lots of details there mm-hmm. so
0: i know that was uh, something that i was kind of surprised to see in there but it makes sense i mean i want to correct something i want to correct something that i said about the residential clean energy credit i mentioned that it's re- the credit itself is non-refundable as well but it can carry forward that So, if that makes sense, the energy efficient home improvement credit, that small one, is non-refundable, and you you don't if you don't use it, you lose it. So this, when I say it's non-refundable, meaning if the credit is six grand, and your tax is four grand, you get the four grand back, but the two thousand dollars carries forward to the next year. So they're both non-refundable. Just the the residential clean energy credit is gets to carry forward. It's not a use it or lose it. So it's really an attractive. Attractive offering, so, and they get it. They're going to carry over
1: towards the next year. They're not getting a check in the mail saying, "Oh, here's the difference." Here you go.
0: Correct, but it would so, but it would offset any federal tax in that year. So obviously, there are a lot more. um, There's some limitations. You have to make sure that you're working with the proper company. You have to make sure that you're buying um, the you know qualified equipment. Um, You know, so in in, but the last thing I want to touch on is this sounds great people might be saying, "Okay, how do I get this credit on my tax return?" These are these credits are all applied for and reported on something called the form 5695, residential energy credit form, and attached to your personal tax return. Now, businesses could potentially be eligible for some some of these credits, although these are we're we're, we're talking about personal credits right now. There are separate credits for businesses in other words, but the residential clean energy credit and the energy efficient home improvement credit are both uh, reported on your form fifty six ninety five and attached to your personal tax return. Excellent, excellent. So again, anybody that's listening to this, the best advice. Again,
1: Chris, thank you for for uh, I should say appeasing my not demands, my request. I should say to touch on this topic. I know people ask about it a lot. You know, it's one of those things. At least again, from personal experience, even you know looking back. Solar. Obviously, everything was a lot different eight, 10 years ago when we did it. Um, and now there's obviously a bigger push. And something that I mentioned earlier on, too, is you know, I would say that my my takeaways from this, and again, as everybody knows, I am not a tax professional, not not one quarter of a tenth of a percent of what Chris is, but from a homeowner's perspective, why I mentioned that Facebook group, it's our old house, is if you could arm yourselves with two. We'll say pallets. We'll use a constructor. Uh, pallets of information. I would. I would strongly recommend. Obviously, looking at the credit in detail, identifying. You know what makes sense now. What makes sense later. Chris, I will. Would a hundred percent support your comment about starting with a um, energy efficient audit. Um, and actually, a lot of municipalities and um, and or utilities now require that before you get some of their rebates, which again is different. So, and they're usually, I think we paid like 300 bucks or 200 bucks and they do what's called a blower door test and everything good there. Look it up if you want more information. Um, But obviously arming yourself with that information, but then also getting on those Facebook groups, talking to other people that have done those jobs, especially if you are a DIYer. What I would almost caution people to is really don't let the credit maybe entice you too much to, just start doing things because you think you're getting something for free. Um, we just did a little recording the other day, like a business write-off does not mean free. So just take that into account. Arm yourselves with that information. If you do have any specific questions on this, um, our Defeating Taxes Facebook group is actually a great place to get great information from tax professionals. So there's great groups out there. As mentioned that one for other homeowners, the Defeating Taxes one is pretty probably the best and of course we're uh, very biased because it's one that that we're very active in but ask those questions on there the uh the audience and the makeup of the others on that group um are exactly who you want to talk to so anything else to, to close up with chris before we wrap absolutely
0: i would say to close up there's no light takeaways from here there are no there's no lifetime exclusion uh or limits to these credits they could they are very generous there are some limitations either on residents, on what type of expenditure. Um, so, the, the solar credit, for what we call the solar credit, but it's really not called the solar credit, um, the residential clean um, uh, energy credit. The benefit can carry forward to future years. Final thing to consider if you're sitting around thinking, especially for, you know, we, these most of the credits came into vogue here in 2023, but the the, um, the residential uh, clean energy credit, if you did that in 22 and you just listen to this, guess what? You can amend your tax return and to still take that credit. So think about that. Again, jump into defeating taxes with any questions. And thank you guys so much for listening. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Well, thanks, Chris, for diving into this, explaining this to us from a, from a tax side. And as always, we will see everybody next week. John here from the TTF team. Thank you again, everybody, for hanging out with us on this episode where me and Chris dove into some of these energy credits put forth by the IRS and Congress. So that being said, we gave you a lot of information, hopefully clarified some of these credits for you, so made it a little easier to understand. There is a lot more detail we could have gone into, which I'm sure we're absolutely going to do on a later episode. But until then, check out that Defeating Taxes private Facebook group. There are some other resources we put in the show notes on here. And also, I would be completely remiss if I did not mention that this Friday, it's right a couple days away here, we are doing our tax planning masterclass live with the TTF team. So, drop in the link also in the show notes to register for that. Again, you only have a couple days. That's this Friday on the 20th so do not forget to register for that you need to register in order to attend we are limiting space on this just so we don't have everybody and their cousin on it we want it to be an atmosphere where you can ask questions get some responses and leave with a ton of information ready to implement so that being said register for that as well and we will see everybody on friday at the tax planning Masterclass, as well as next week right back here on this podcast The content of this podcast does not constitute an offer of securities. Offerings can only be made through an offering memorandum, and you should carefully examine the risk factors and other information contained in the memorandum. The content provided is for educational purposes only. We encourage you to seek personalized investment advice from your financial professional. For all tax and legal advice, please consult your CPA or attorney. Investment advisory services are offered through Cabin Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Cabin Securities, a registered broker-dealer.